The Braves' opening day roster is pretty much set, with some kids getting their shot. I mean, it's, it's everything. You know, I mean, this is, you know, I think, everyone's dream, you know, when they're growing up, and now I get a chance to, to live it. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report, presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter, Justin Toscano, who is coming to us from Cool Today Park in Northport, Florida. Spring training starts to wind down, and... Justin, we now know that 40% of the Braves' rotation will be making their big league debut next week. Yeah, when you arrive at spring training, um, the question you sort of ask is, who's going to be that guy that shocks? Uh, What's going to be that surprise storyline you didn't see coming? We knew that the fifth starter was one of the big storylines in camp, but the names we had, Ian Anderson, Michael Soroka, Bryce Elder, Colby Allard. Instead, it's a couple kids. Yep, it'll be Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd make it into the Braves rotation. So coming up, we'll hear from both of them and explain how they made it and how long it's going to last. Plus, why the Braves now need to deal with a closer situation. How does Michael Soroka feel about his spring training debut? And what does Orlando Arcia plan to do after winning the shortstop battle? Plus, we'll, we'll answer your questions in the Ask Justin segment. This is your first time listening to the show. We are happy to have you. Welcome aboard, and make sure you follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. The Braves report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is presented by Kroger and Go Digital. And save even more with Kroger. Create an account on the Kroger app or website and start saving big with exclusive digital coupons. Visit Kroger.com slash sign up to get started. That is Kroger.com slash sign up. All right, before we get going, uh, you know, we've been pretty serious about uh, getting everybody's feedback as we try to make this the essential podcast for Braves fans. So we have the opportunity for you to do that if you head into the show notes. We've got a, a survey we want you to take right at the top. Uh, please tell us every, everything you think about what we've done so far about the Braves report and uh, what you want us to do in the future, and we will use that information to help us craft and guide the best podcast that we can. Please take the survey. The other day I got... I would say conned because we <laughs> almost we we almost we almost scroll social media so mindlessly in 2023. And the other day, I got conned into taking a Twitter survey. Okay. Um, so I took a survey on my favorite streaming services for TV, TV streaming services, and I used probably two or three minutes of my time going through that because I just wanted to go on Twitter and tweet out a story I had. Um, so if I can do the survey, you can take the survey for this podcast. Um, I don't think it'll take you that long, but we do appreciate the feedback. Seriously. It's, it's been good to get some of the feedback we've gotten. Jay, we've incorporated some of it, um, into making this the essential Braves podcast, uh, as we kind of go onward and upward. So, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you took that. And uh, you know, be 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 uh, be brutal. Be honest. Uh, we we can take it. Uh, and by the way, this is your your last podcast from spring training. So congratulations. Uh, opening day is fi- or opening week is finally here. Oh man, it's uh, I love spring training. I always say that, but I would be lying if I said I weren't excited to sleep in my bed a couple nights. Um, and then it's off to DC, so it's off and running from there. But no, I love spring training. Uh, but yeah, we. We made it, as uh, as the kids say when they tend to graduate high school. It's hard to believe that I was actually there uh, for the start of spring training, which feels like about five years ago. Yeah, especially because when you were here for spring training, Vaughn Grissom was the shortstop or, you know, about going to be anointed as such in a few weeks after continuing to play well. Um, Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder were fighting for the fifth spot in the rotation. Um, 
Kyle Wright was on track to be ready for the opening day roster. A lot of things change. And instead, uh, our final podcast from spring training starts with Brian Snitker telling Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd they're going to be big leaguers this week. I brought them both in at the same time. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done that. I actually saw some reaction out of one. <laughs> and I know that it was probably their minds were spinning. You know, they do the numbers. They know they've done well. But until they hear it, they don't know. You know, you're never guaranteed anything. And I, and I told him, I said, it's, it's an exciting time when you have your own players that you've drafted and developed and have them do what those two young men did. Is That's fun. That's exciting. Organizationally, that you can promote your, your players. So here's their reaction. Dylan Dodd, Jared Schuster, Dodd first. It's been a stressful last few weeks. <laughs> so Snit said he called both of you guys in. Uh, what was that moment like for you and how did that conversation Yeah, I, I mean, we knew a decision was coming. We, I mean, really had no idea what to expect going in, but um, grateful for what they decided on. Uh, yeah, just super pumped. Um, they brought me and Dylan in and really excited for the both of us. So, yeah, super happy and uh, super excited. You know, I don't, I don't even know if we even flinched in there. I think we're still <laughs> processing it. Um, and, I mean, I'm still trying to sit down and really enjoy it. Um, I know I was smiling pretty big when I was calling my family and my girlfriend. I had a good feeling it would be good news just because they pulled both of us in. But, um, yeah, I was a little confused when I did that, but excited uh, for the news that they gave us. So it's, it's obviously not the outcome any of us expected uh, last month, but uh, this is still incredibly cool. Yeah, yeah, it's always really cool to hear prospects quote-unquote get the call and it's even almost cooler when you cover a team like the Braves who you know they rely on young players but we didn't really expect a couple prospects to come up you know and help this team in an impactful way uh who knows what happens over the next few months but the fact that these guys came out of nowhere I mean they were always there but we didn't know really what they could do until they started doing it in spring training is extremely cool because in baseball we always hear it it's a business um there are minor league options opt-outs uh article xxb free agents all of that stuff factors in this fifth starter competition though was the closest thing you'll get to a meritocracy um in terms of hey ian anderson and bryce elder were decent jared schuster and dylan dodd were incredible uh and the braves decided to give schuster and dodd a look at it, um, and then they get it. And Brian Snicker said that <laughs> when he told them this morning, he got a reaction out of one of them. Uh, and reading between the lines, that would be Jared Schuster, who is very shy and very quiet, doesn't show a ton of emotion. He did then when he found out, but Dylan Dodd had a funny line about how uh, he thought that, man, when they brought them both in at the same time, he was like, dang, they're really going to tell one of us that we made it and one of us that we didn't. Uh, and it ended up being really, really good news. But like you said, cool. It's uh, a culmination of all that they've worked for so far. Obviously, they're not going to get comfortable. They're going to keep working. They, you know, you can get up, but you want to stay up here at the big leagues. And so they're going to keep working to do that. But really, really cool to see them get the great news and cap what I think is probably the most surprising storyline of Brave Spring Training because we thought they were here to get a look, to get experience, to get around the other starters, to get a feel for big league spring training, um, and to show what they could do, they're leaving with big league jobs, though. Yeah, and and Dodd admitted to you that he that he didn't expect to be in this position with when camp started, but then he started to feel it a little bit, and then he stepped up when he got a shot. It's like 
the biggest start of your life every every single outing, you know. Um, but I mean, as a professional athlete, that's kind of you know what you're made to do, kind of to deal with uh, a lot of times. So um, yeah, I was just thankful that you know continue to stack good outings and, and, and glad that it was enough. And and with at the time appeared to be you know win or go home in, in the fifth spot in the rotation battle. Both Schuster and Dodd kept rolling. Yeah, and we got here because Kyle Wright, who received a cortisone injection in his right shoulder in January, which put him behind um, in spring training, he's going to need a little extra time. So the plan right now is Kyle through Saturday. That was, that was his last Grapefruit League start. Um, he's going to make a start in a minor league spring game on March 30th, so Thursday, the same day as opening day. And then he's going to make a AAA start in Norfolk, Virginia, I know Kyle is very excited about that. Um, no, but he's going to make a start there, and then he should be ready after that. And because the Braves have to put him, you know, have to have him make another start, he's going to start the season on the injured list. But you can backdate that three days from opening day, so his injured list date will be March 27th, which is when you're going to listen to this podcast, Monday, March 27th. That would make him eligible to come off the injured list for that second game against Cincinnati so it'll be right some you know during the back half of that homestand and his injured list placement basically cleared up another spot so both Schuster and Dodd are going to pitch Jared Schuster scheduled to pitch April 2nd that last game against the Nationals in DC Dylan Dodd is going to go April 4th that Tuesday game in St. Louis which is only three hours about three hours from his hometown of Danville Illinois in about an hour and a half from Southeast Missouri State where he played his college ball. So that'll be a special start for him. D.C. isn't too far away from New Bedford, Massachusetts, which is where Jared Schuster's from. So he expects to have a lot of family and friends there um, for that in D.C. Uh, so, yeah, really cool for these two guys. And as we line it up right now, Jay, it's going to be Max Freed, Spencer Strider, Jared Schuster, Charlie Morton, and Dylan Dodd. On uh, the roster, for those who might not understand, this stuff is totally confusing sometimes. Jared Schuster is officially going to make the opening day roster, but as of right now, it looks like the Braves are going to carry an extra reliever. So Dylan Dodd won't officially make the opening day roster, but he's a non-roster guy in camp, which means the Braves can select his contract whenever they want him to start because he won't be assigned to a minor league level at that point. You know, they can keep him non-roster for a certain amount of time um, and they can select his contract. Uh, and bring him up they you know they'll make a corresponding move at that point but they can carry an extra lever for a few days because Dylan Dodd won't be starting um, until that fifth game of the season final spring training stats ERA Schuster 145 Dodd 2.0 innings pitched Schuster 18 and two-thirds Dodd 18 strikeouts Schuster 18 Dodd 20 if Kyle Wright uh, as expected takes his turn in the rotation that second time through and that fifth starter spot is available the second time through. Do you have any kind of lean either way right now? Who would have the edge for that? Or is it going to be kind of decided on what we see in the big leagues? Partially what we see in the big leagues. But, you know, the team, every start's a big league start. But let's not act like the Nationals are as good as the Cardinals. Right. Um, so that's going to have to be taken into account. My lean, because he's going to be on the opening day roster and um, will start earlier in the rotation my lean would be jared schuster because he's got a little more minor league seasoning um he seemed at least a little bit a slight favorite in that competition when it was only for one spot uh that's just my gut 
speaking there. But who knows? And you hope Kyle Wright's back after that, you know, these next two starts that he'll make. But it could be even more time. We don't know. Plans change. Things happen. They want him to get all the way built up. Hopefully he can do that. But if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't or if he needs a little bit of extra time, they can both stay in. But my quick lean would be Jared Schuster for the reasons I mentioned. And I feel bad for those two because Dylan Dodd said it like, man, it's like you guys heard it in the quote. It's like the biggest day of your life every single time out. Um, Well, this one's going to be much of the same because one of them is going to have to go down eventually um, once Kyle Wright comes back. And it has taken a while for the Braves to have any sort of major injury news, and this isn't completely major, but they will be starting opening day without their closer. What happened to Rice Iglesias? He felt shoulder inflammation um, in his throwing shoulder, his right shoulder. They're going to start him on the injured list. They don't know a lot yet, but the hope, obviously, because everything is fine structurally, confirmed by an MRI, the hope is that he's only going to need the minimum amount of days. Guys can start you know, on the injured list starting Monday, so the 27th today when you're listening to this podcast. Um, and so you never really know, right? Because shoulder inflammation can turn into a lot more or it can be a symptom of something more serious. But everything's fine structurally, which is good news. Now it's almost like we'll have to wait and see for what happens over this next week, week and a half, and see where the Braves are then. Um, but in the interim, in the immediate, the, you know, the question is obviously who's going to close. You know, the good, you know, the good thing is Minter's closed. You know, he obviously would be the obvious guy. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, it may be a matchup scenario right. type thing. You know, you just got to kind of audible a little bit and, and with the guys that you have and and, um, and see. The good news is there are plenty of options uh, for closer-type candidates and people who have already closed before. Yes, so you've got A.J. Minter. That's the likeliest one, I think. Joe Jimenez probably was going to be Detroit's closer before they traded him here. Um, and I talked, you know, Jimenez, his velocity ticked up a little bit Uh, from where it had been in his Saturday outing, that should only get a little higher, you know, and tick up a little more because his arm is finally feeling in shape. He took it slow after that surgery to start spring. He was taking it easy, kind of building up slowly, slowly, slowly. He expects that to tick up a lot more um, and to get better. He can do it. Kirby Yates is formerly one of the best closers in baseball. Hasn't, you know, Shown, shown it since because of the injuries, but who knows if he can get back to that level. Heck, I would even think Colin McHugh's an interesting bet pretty late in games. If he can pitch the 7th and the 8th for you and get you the ninth, bridge a lot of those gaps uh, in between the starters because he can go multiples, that's interesting. I say Minter um, probably ends up getting the most play in, in that final spot, though. And don't sleep on Nick Anderson, who's yep. done it before who was sitting 95 consistently in Saturday's Grapefruit League outing and touched 96. Um, Nick Anderson was optioned pretty purely because of the depth uh, and the minor league options he had. He you know, still has. Um, so the Braves are going to have some variation in how they can handle this. They can go different avenues. Uh, they've got a lot of options, which is good because entering spring training, we talked about this bullpen depth. It doesn't always shape up like that. So let's see how these guys pitch. But it seems very promising at the outset, even if they have to deal with Rizal Iglesias' shoulder inflammation and subsequent injured list placement. And that extra reliever that, that we discussed that will be holding uh, Dylan Dodd's seat warm, at least for the first few days, is Michael Tonkin. 
And here's what I know about him. When I passed him in the clubhouse, he's a foot taller than I am. He's a big guy. Yeah, he's a tall guy. Snit said today that he really likes how Tonkin's throwing the ball. Um, The thing you need to know about him, at least for right now, is he's out of minor league options. So the fact that Kyle Wright, you know, somebody's got to keep Dylan Dodd's seat warm for a few days, that made the Braves' decision easy. They can carry both Nick Anderson and Michael Tonkin. They don't have to lose Michael Tonkin quite yet. Um, But, yeah, he's clearly... To me, and this is nothing against him. It's a terrific bullpen. He's got experience, but um, he's probably the last man in that pen, which can be a good thing if you need somebody needs to eat innings. Let's see how long the Braves can keep him and don't, you know, try to sneak him through. You know, don't have to put him on waivers. Don't have to DFA him. Let's see how long they want to do that and what the roster move is when Dylan Dodd um, has to be added to the roster. All right, coming up, what Orlando, Arcia, and Rod Washington are saying about the shortstop situation. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity. Because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, don't forget if uh, you're just popping in now, focused in on opening day coming up on Thursday and you want to gobble up all the Braves coverage you can, this is a terrific chance for you to join our community and become a subscriber to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution because we got probably what's going to be our, our best deal of the year and, and we really only make it available for listeners to this podcast. You can get unlimited digital access to the AJC, everything we have to offer for the next six months. So it's basically going to cover the entire Braves season for 99 cents. That's it. Less than a dollar for everything the AJC has to offer digitally. You get full access to AJC.com, everything Justin writes there, all of our Braves coverage, all of our news coverage, all of our sports coverage, all of our investigations, food and dining, etc. You also get access to the e-paper, our fabulous newsletters, which include the Braves Report and Bradley's Buzz. All that, 99 cents for the next six months. So to take advantage of it, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. All right, now time to deal with the fallout of the winner from the shortstop battle, Orlando Arcia. And we you know, talked a lot in our emergency podcast on Tuesday about Vaughn Grissom and Brendan Shoemake losing the job. But, you know, let's look at the winner here. I'm really happy, really happy. And, you know, I, honestly, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go play Winter League uh, ball in Venezuela. I wanted to, you know, just keep keep working on my game and, you know, keep, keep, keep uh, making adjustments and everything. And, you know, hopefully with the idea that it could turn into this. All right, and here's Snip. You know, I mean, he was always that, that guy that I, I told him earlier. I said, I know you can play short, you know, and I want to look at, you know, the other two. And and, um, and it's he's He just quietly goes about his business. He did la- He has the last couple of years that we've had him. He stays ready when we need to call on him, wherever it is, he's ready to go. You know, he filled in for Ozzy really well last year. I hated him when he got hurt. And, um, 
So he's just one of those guys that's always ready. He's a solid ball player. He's played a lot of shortstop in his life, been on championship teams. And, and um, you know, we feel really good about him manning the position. Orlando's only 27, 28 years old. He's a guy that, I mean, we might think of as older, but he's still a young guy. Yeah, Is there even no, more as maybe he's going to get better from here? I would, you know, I think anybody, a chipper was trying to get better the day he retired. I mean, you know, I think, I don't know that anybody ever peaks out in this game. There's always something you can work on, always something to get better with. Um, and, you know, he's a very, he's a skilled young man. And, and um, you know, so we'll, we'll see. It is an interesting reminder that uh, it's not like Orlando's 36, you know, in his late 20s. Yeah, I think because of the role he has served with the Braves, being that utility guy, he goes anywhere you need him on any given day. You might think that he's 33, 35, 36, kind of on the way out. He's still pretty young. He just, his years at shortstop, four or five years starting for the Brewers, they were just when he was really, really young. So yeah, he's got experience. It really seems like the takeaway from Everything that occurred is that Von Grissom would have needed to blow blow the doors off of Orlando Arcia to win this job. You can look at Von Grissom's batting stats next to Orlando Arcia's for spring and debate whether that constitutes his blowing off the doors, but to the Braves, it did not. There's also the glove. They feel good about Orlando Arcia's defense at shortstop. Maybe, you know, they didn't feel so good about Von Grissom's defense there. Vaughn's going to get a lot of time in AAA, uh, at least to start the season at shortstop uh, to get more innings there, hopefully get his way back up. Braden Shoemake's going to be looking to do the same thing, and he's going to be looking to de- debut eventually. But, I mean, it was a shock. A lot of people are shocked in terms of fans, you know, a couple agents here and there who I've talked to. But, it, you know, the, Bra- the Braves have done a good job at knowing their own system and knowing their own players better than anybody else does. And so they deserve a little bit of leeway and a little bit of credit here um, and a little bit of understanding. Uh, and they felt that Orlando Arcee at this point was the best person for the job and that Von Grissom wasn't, you know, even if they feel like he might be better in the future, which he could be, uh, and they know that he could be better in the future than Orlando Arcee he didn't exceed him enough now to justify losing Adrianza and uh, to maybe justify having some of those questions about his defense out there. I'm glad you, you were able to, to uh, talk to Ron Washington, the race third base coach and infield coach about this situation. You've seen Arcia. What can you tell fans who maybe haven't seen him as much about what kind of player he is and what he's going to do for you guys? At he's a pro. Uh, he knows how to play shortstop. He did it for four or five years in Milwaukee. Um, he hasn't lost his skill set. And now he's getting an opportunity, and um, we believe that uh, he's going to seize it, and he's going to do a good job for us. That's the thing. R.C. is a pro. He may not be the best pro, but but he is a pro. Yeah, and that counts for something. Um, He's got a back of the baseball card. He's got a track record, um, was much better offensively last year. The Braves like what they've seen offensively this spring um, and the way he's swinging the bat. Look, Von Grissom or Braden Shoemake could still end up having more starts than Orlando Arcia. He won the job. He's going to have to keep it. But, yeah, he's still a pro. He's been in the league. I mean, it's not like this guy's been sitting in AAA his entire career and has been a quad-A player. I mean, he's he is a pro. And I think we just tend to forget that because of the role he served on this team. But Orlando Arcia could probably start on a decent handful of teams especially teams with the younger shortstops or prospects, you know, waiting to come up. I mean, I think he's a good player. 
Well, just the question's going to be is if you run him out there every day and he's playing 100 games, you know, at, at what sample size is he going to begin to become exposed by other teams? The Braves think they have seen him at enough of a sample size to not be as worried about that. Um, so they're going to run him out there. We'll see how it goes. And they full well know that they could be wrong. And if they are wrong, they just reverse course and bring up one of the kids, whoever's readiest, if they feel good about that. They can always make a move, make a trade. Um, there are ways to rectify this. But right now, they didn't think that either of those prospects exceeded Arcia enough to kind of dethrone him in this in this job. And it, I mean, the takeaway, like I said, is it seems like he was ahead in the competition in their minds uh, for a decent chunk of the time. All right, let's bring Snit in on this. What was the uh, message to Vaughn as he went down? Just- it was uh, everything. Him and Shu both handled it. You know, they were were very positive. I mean, there was nothing but positive things to say about their work ethic, um, how they came into camp. You know, what they they performed. They came in and, and performed, and um, so it was very positive messages on both of those guys. And they're both very receptive. I know they're going to go down and they're going to work their tails off and, and do everything they can to improve as a ball player. A little more perspective from Wash. Those kids and guys on the outside, they're looking at results. Results come and go. I'm looking at the process. The process is sustaining and consistency. That's what it is. And they're in the process right now. And uh, they got a very, very, very bright future. It just didn't happen this spring. Yeah. You heard it there in terms of Wash kind of laying that out. And even before that in that interview, he was very complimentary of them um, and saying that they have gone through the process and they're achieving consistency and they've been better in that regard. Um, It's just, to me, it sounds like it's just going to take some seasoning. Not everybody is Michael Harris. Uh, Not everybody is, I mean, Jordan Walker from St. Louis has made their team and he's 20 years old. Not everybody's like that. I mean, 22, I mean, for Braden Shoemaker, he's 25, so he's getting there, and he's played a lot of ball, and that's going to help him. But Von Grissom, you know, sure, he he was good enough to make this team. The Braves just decided on Arcia. Uh, to me, what Wash is saying is just that it's, yeah, it's going to take a little more of that seasoning. They've got bright futures in his eyes, but shortstop's not an easy position, um, and there's no replacement for experience. So we'll see if uh, Braden Shoemaker and Von Grissom go down there and uh, – We'll see how they hit and if they can't force their way up. Right, before we get to the Ask Justin segment, one more thing to deal with, and we finally get to see Michael Soroka on the mound in the last uh, second of last week of spring training. Yeah, it was it was a little all over the place, but we threw some really, really good pitches and uh, some ones to make some adjustments on, and uh, that's what spring training's for, right? So I'm excited to get back out there again. How, how encouraged are you with hitting 96 and 95 another time and the couple great sliders you threw? Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice to see the ball come out well and, and kind of hear it too. Um, see the velo on the sliders, big one. Um, you know, that that's one that I've kind of come. It, it's come and gone, right? I think I remember having having struggles with throwing it too hard early in my career when it kind of ran out of break. Um, and then the last couple of years, honestly, struggling to get that velo back up there. Uh, so that gives me a good good idea that I'm using my legs a little more again. Um, you know, seeing those 84, 85, 86s on the breaking ball means that it's, it's coming out a little hotter like a fastball. And we just got to get it over the plate more often, and uh, I think we'll have some better results. So how do you look to you? I thought he looked pretty good for, I mean, for not having pitched uh, in a while. And what I mean by that is not having gotten a game in a while. He had kind of done it in simulated environments. But I was sitting 
So the press box in Lakeland, uh, where the Tigers play, Tiger Town USA, as they call it there, that is pretty at a pretty good level with the field. And what I mean by that is you're looking down a little bit, but it kind of seems pretty behind home plate. So I could see a lot of those sliders is what I'm saying. A few of those were pretty nasty sliders. Uh, the slider bit uh, a few times. Uh, it had good bite to it. Uh, the fastball looked good and looked pretty lively. They knew the command was going to be a little rusty and that he'd be a little all over the place. Um, and he's got to harness it a little bit. And they subsequently optioned him um, to to AAA. And, you know, which which isn't a surprise. He's got to keep building up. But I didn't think it was that bad. Heck, you know, he threw two wild pitches. If he's got a better catcher, a couple of those probably could have been pass balls. They were blocked in the dirt and kind of got away from the catcher. Uh, didn't have um, Adrianza made an error. Uh, so didn't have a ton of help from the defense. It was good, though, to, to see him, you know, touch 96 a couple times uh, and have some good bite on that slider um, and really just throw his stuff. Uh, and one interesting part from that was Michael Soroka got a memory, you know, he brought up a memory after of his first big league camp when he faced Miguel Cabrera. Uh, and he, it was 2-2. He throws a hard sinker. It barely misses. Soroka to this day says it, it probably caught the plate, but maybe he's <laughs> a veteran, one of the best of the generation, and it's spring training. So he's going to get those calls. On 3-2, he got him on a back, you know, back foot sinker, um, struck him out, and Miggy nodded, you know, as if to say, kind of, hey, good pitch. And that for Soroka, he goes, Holy crap, like that's when I knew, holy crap, like I belong, you know, I, I'm meant to be here. Um, and so he got Miguel Cabrera out, obviously a different version of Miguel Cabrera five years later, but he got him out uh, during that start in Lakeland. Um, and it was a funny full circle moment, but good to see him back on the mound. Let's see if he can't get on a roll in AAA. All right, now time for the Ask Justin segment where we answer Braves fans' questions on Twitter at Justin C. Toscano. And staying with Michael Soroka, Brandon Dubisky asks, when will Soroka be ready? So what's next? Yeah, he's going to go. You know, he was optioned um, to minor league camp. He's going to continue pitching. He's going to start in AAA. Um, and really, you would think he'd need four or five starts before he, you know, or three, four more before he gets fully stretched out. Uh, so he's going to continue that progression and to me, if Jared Schuster pitches well, if Dylan Dodd pitches well, Soroka doesn't have so much of a guaranteed spot in that rotation. Uh, he never did come into camp. He came in to compete, so it's going to be the same way now. But last year, if you don't count Jesse Chavez opening a game, the Braves used 11 starters. So there's going to be room for a lot of these guys this year. All right, next up from Fred Daniel. After the first few weeks, who do you think the Braves will settle on as their starting five? Yeah, it's going to be... I think it'll be um, Freed, Strider, Wright, Morton, Schuster is is what I think. All right, next up from Andy. What slash line does Arcia need to keep the shortstop job? The assumption is that he will play solid defense. Yeah, I, and I think that's, that's a pretty good start. So, like, are the Braves going to put up with, like, a 680 OPS? No, probably not. But if it's 720, 730, 740, somewhere around there with a couple big hits, like 750, I I think that's playable. If he's playing good defense um, and he's being a good teammate, which by all accounts he is, um, I think that's going to be pretty acceptable. Um, and Von Grissom or Braden Shoemaker would kind of have to be really, really on a roll for the Braves to do something. And finally from Agon, how often do you think we'll see Rosario, DH, and Hilliard play left field versus right-handed pitching? Ooh, 
Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, I think Hilliard certainly helped his case this spring. Saturday when I looked, it was an OPS over 1,000. Um, and obviously in a small sample, but he's really hit well. He was that toolsy guy that you figured – I was talking to somebody who covers the who covers the Rockies, and they said like he was the guy you figured was going to maybe bust out a little bit when he got to a different organization. Um, that organization's the Braves. They tend to get the most out of their players. Sam Hilliard looks good. I would think that's an option because they love Hilliard's defense. Eddie Rosario didn't have a bad spring either. No. Uh, he homered again. Um, he homered to the WBC twice. And he told us, Jay, I mean, he said, I'm back. And uh, he can see again. He feels good. His vision is back to normal, um, as he explained it. Uh, and he's hitting some balls hard this spring. All right, now time for winners of the week. You first. My winner of the week is Orlando Arcia. Uh, now, I could have gone with the two lefty prospects, but, man, coming into spring, really all off season, you hear, and he's a great teammate, so it's not like it's got to be this bitter competition, you know, or it's got to be a toxic environment, but all off season, you hear Von Grissom's going to work with Wash, uh, this young kid. He's the kind of the prospect that everybody thinks i don't know a better term than this but like that sexy prospect with upside exciting for fans yada 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 well orlando arcia keeps working keeps working keeps working keeps working puts his head down comes into spring training prepared continues to work continues to work continues to work um and eventually wins a job he's my winner of the week uh my baseball winner of the week is going to be uh the world baseball classic i know that's that's a low-hanging fruit but uh Wow, was that fantastic this week. But I'm going to turn it back on you for just, in general, uh, the winner of spring training. And we will waive our um, no free ads rule. Because I'm thinking uh, we got to give Made in Italy the, yeah. the award. Yeah, there. yeah. so Made in Italy. Yeah, that was, that was good. I found myself there way too often. I went to this place in Lakeland called Palace Pizza that was tremendous. I'm trying to think, what are you eating in Fort Myers? Shout out to the Italian sausages at both Fort Myers ballparks. <laughs> all um, right. Thanks for, thanks for holding me down all spring. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, free. I think that's I think that's enough for it. Where did we go? Let's see. We went to Maiden Italy. We went to Maiden Italy. We here. Uh, what are you, I mean, what, what stands out from your two weeks? Because at this point, I feel like I've just eaten out at a restaurant for two straight months of my life. You, you just uh, haven't so had probably, like an, you're missing just like an instant pot chicken meal, aren't you? Yeah, like I so when I went home and our you know wonderful colleague Gabe Burns was covering for me, I got to make food at home, <laughs> and it was like I it just during spring training like we have a house so I can cook, but I end up being so busy that it's just easier to go out and get food. Uh, but what I mean, you had seafood a couple times, right? There, there's there were some nice seafood places around uh, house AJC. Um, I think both of us took in a lot of Irma's tacos. Oh yeah, Irma's is. Uh, Irma's definitely takes one of our cakes. Uh, I'll give you a quick trivia question. I don't want to keep the people on here too long, but for anybody who is wondering about a spring training staple here in Northport, at least while nothing else is built, Irma's, where does the name come from? You know? I do not. So it comes from Hurricane Irma from years ago. So Irma's is owned by a company that owned, you know, a, a group that owned another restaurant. And after Hurricane Irma, everything was shut down. But in the aftermath, the day after that hurricane hit um, and touched land, they were selling food. And all they had was stuff to make tacos, that restaurant. 
And so they, they, you know, everybody's coming for tacos. They're serving basically the whole neighborhood in Venice. Uh, everybody's coming. There. They, they ran out of tortillas and had to eventually use pita bread. But all they had was were the ingredients for tacos. So they figured, hey, after this, let's make a place called Irma's Tacos. And now you have Irma's Tacos that feeds the Braves beat basically, you know, half of the spring. All right. Well, there. So there you go. So, so for next spring training, you have your uh, your culinary options for Braves fans that are headed down. And we're gonna have a lot of options for you this week coming up on the podcast. We're gonna have a nice countdown to opening day. So coming up on uh, Tuesday, a special edition, and uh, we're gonna play the entire chat that you had with the Braves' new play-by-play man, Brandon Gordon. Yeah. No, that's gonna be really fun. Um, I really appreciate Brandon doing that. And just a little peek behind the scenes uh, for you guys there. I did that. We I hopped on the phone with Brandon the day that Bally Sports South announced that he was going to be the new play-by-play Braves guy, and you can tell. And the reason I tell you that is because he's so excited, and that is pure raw emotion from that job and his role becoming official. And it was just so awesome to spend time with him, and it's been great to get to know him these first, you know, these last few days in camp as Bally has done these games here. Um, a string this week, the end of this week. Um, early into the final week of spring training. So, yeah, that, that that was a really fun conversation. And for those of you who maybe didn't know who Brandon Godden was or I saw a lot of, you know, social media naysayers, um, everybody has social media naysayers, he really cares about this job. This is his dream job, and I think you're really, really going to like him and like his voice. All right, so stay tuned for that on uh, Tuesday. And if you missed it last week, head back in our feed for our deep dive into the shortstop situation uh, between Vaughn Grissom and uh, Orlando Arcia. But until then, uh, please rate, review, follow, and share the show. And we'll see you again tomorrow on the Braves Report for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, Look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.